This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everybody, welcome. Christmas time, Josh. Christmas time, mistletoe and wine. Christmas time, Stephen Jones is a swine. Disagreeable <laughs> bollocks all of the time. With shit phrase a-turning and reactionary shite. He's like Rubby's Rugby Savage from the Aldi Centre aisle. Lovely. That's about that then for an opening. We haven't had a song in a while, but honestly, <laughs> you've made up for it. Well, so hello, yes. everybody. Well, welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast. I mean, people talk about that Boris Johnson song getting a Christmas number one, but, you know, I think we've just got a new challenger has entered the arena. I think you can at least beat that fucking sausage rolls shit. I could write some more verses, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the Blood and Mud. The podcast has had the day off work today. And it's all the better for it, as you say, can tell. Yeah. You've had the time to write that song. More, more of this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I tried to maintain a facade that I was freestyling that, but obviously it was quite clear by the I end mean, that I wasn't. So. I mean, yeah, if you could come up with that sort of fucking genius on the fly, this I'd podcast be would be a lot more successful. And I'd be in a completely different job. From Absolutely. Them, so. <laughs> so then, have you been in work, though, today, I guess? I have been in work today, yeah. When are you, you until are you the bitter done? end? No, I get Christmas I'm off Christmas Eve, and then I don't go back until the fourth of January, so I can live with that. Like, and I've, I've not done a lot today. I love all you. <laughs> well, you'll 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 see in a minute what I mainly done with my afternoon. But um, okay, oh well, that's something to look forward to. Bit of a tease there. So, yeah. hello everybody. I'm Lee. Welcome to the Hi, pod. Lee. I'm Josh. Obviously, I'm still Josh. Still, still always Josh. So one day I'm not going to be Josh, and then I'll surprise you all. My my son is home. Speaking oh, of Christmas, yes. he's home from uni, Back so from he's uni, yeah. slowly working his way through boxes of beer that were meant to be for Christmas. You know, <laughs> even though is it Christmas now? I think we're in the festive period. We're officially in the festive period. I think so. The week week before, week after. I think that's technically Christmas, isn't it? 
And he's got his driving test again on Wednesday. So I've been taking him out <laughs> driving today because he, he had to wait so long to get another test done after his failure in uh, in the summer that I've had to do a bit of that today. So, oh, God. yeah. So I mean, my power steering's taking a hammer in while he's done 57 parallel parks, you know. <laughs> Hopefully he's balancing the uh, consumption of beer with driving lessons to a sensible degree, though, obviously. Kind of, but, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um <laughs> So um does um are you ready for Christmas, Josh? Uh yes, I'm ready to step into Christmas. Yeah. It's... Have you got your shopping in and all that stuff? You, I tell you, know... you what, yeah. I mean I got some I got I've got a very um fraught with like there's a lot riding on my Asda order on the twenty third. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it's I mean, you don't want it too early because the stuff will go off. But we like, stopped using Asda. It was a disgrace. Honestly, it's a fucking shambles. I, if I <laughs> hadn't paid for a fucking year-long delivery pass for some stupid fucking reason, I would have binned off Asda and gone to a more bougie supermarket now. Because honestly, on a, any given week, I would not have, get about twenty percent of my order. It's and the substitutions are never order. acceptable. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And the number of times I've sparkling water. Why do you think still water is an acceptable replacement? What is wrong well, with number people? Of, and, and I guess it is an acceptable replacement, but the number of times that they tried to palm me off with fucking Warburton's bagels instead of the good the New, York uh, ones. New York deli bagels, which actually taste like bagels, whereas the New York, whereas the Warburton's bagels just taste like taste like bread rolls with holes in the middle. They are pre-sliced, like the, though, the Warburton's ones. They are, I do like, that is good. But they just don't taste like bagels. Honestly, it's just... Just stop trying to make me fucking eat them. Stop trying to make it happen, Warburton's. Just go back to making <laughs> shit basic bread. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've done ours as they gave up because, I mean, the drivers are always very nice. They're always very apologetic <laughs> for the fact they've been given literally tubs of shit to give to yeah. you, almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> I literally gave back, like, half of the order to the Sunday one that we had this week. Like, And it was just like... they like so We realised we didn't have a gravy boat, right, for hosting Christmas this year. And we were like, oh, we haven't got a gravy boat because we, you know, we, we don't need a boat for gravy you? most yeah. of the time because, yeah. Well, um, we know where you stand on Sunday Rose, so you won't be making them, will you? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Circumstances. But um, so we were like, oh, we need a gravy boat. Oh, this one, three pounds in Asda. And they sent a milk jug as a replacement, as a <laughs> substitute. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, amazing. Techni- technically, I suppose, yes. Yeah, I it suppose could be it's used, got a spout on it. Yeah, it's got anything with a spout is apparently an a acceptable substitute. No. Just don't do it. My wife's well into all this. I like I like Christmas. It's all very nice. Me, my wife's well into all the cooking, so she's making cranberry sauce and all that. And it's like Oof. I can't believe how much labour and thought goes into what is effectively a Sunday roast, but with sausages. <laughs> and t- to be fair, the sausages are the best bit. It's but... true. The trimmings are lovely, but yeah, it's just like we'll yeah. just make a Sunday dinner, but then just cook <laughs> some little sausages. <laughs> we knocked a Sunday dinner together together in about two hours this weekend. Yeah, but I cracked this seat, even though I've got the Asda order coming. I was in MS on Sunday afternoon getting some bits, and I was like, oh. We've those been all. Potatoes, those, those roast potatoes and those sausages aren't going to go out of date before the weekend. Oh, Shit, I meant, I'm oh, just I, I won't countenance other people's roast potatoes. I'll only ever make my own or have somebody make them, but I can make See, them my own myself as well. I've, t- I've done the making my own, and they're fine, but. Marks and Spencer's beef drifting ones are no, not commensurately better than mine. This is, making this, my is own. A, this, is a, this is a controversial uh, discussion, which I don't think we have time 
to go through at the minute. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. we, we might end up falling out. I know, there, I know there wasn't a lot of rugby this weekend, but we've only got so long on this podcast. Uh, James Crone with a game changer here in the comments says you need a thermos style gravy boat. Stops gravy congealment issues. Interesting. Interesting. I love the idea of having a flask on the table. My auntie Kath and Uncle Brian, RIP yeah. both of them. Uncle Brian was the man famously doesn't worry about the change in petrol prices because he only puts £20 in. Yeah. That was my Uncle Brian. They used to take a thermos of tea to bed because neither of them slept very well. Lovely. So they used to basically have tea out of the thermos at like two o'clock in the morning. Great Which is stuff. funny because they were in a bungalow and the kitchen was right next to the bedroom. <laughs> right there. It wasn't like they had to go get... downstairs or anything. So. Or you can get, like, you know, get a tease made. You know, I know that's a bit retro, but. Another thing about my Uncle Brian was he never yeah. threw anything away and was a brilliant maker of things, like out right. of things. He made his own okay. tease Excellent. made <sighs> with like this lever that came up and he had a 60 watt bulb on it and it would flash excited. when it was ready. Yeah. And honestly, God, he showed it to me. He's really Lancashire bloke. And he, he was, he said, what's this now, Lee? What's, what's this leak now? What's it flash now? And he said, I fucking pissed myself laughing. And he got a little <laughs> bit upset. God bless him. Oh, lovely stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so where were we up to then? Yeah, so anyway, Christmas we're is up here. To hello. <laughs> hello, yes. I saw a thing about yeah. house names on Twitter before we came on. Yes. Um, about the, the the strange British thing with house names. Have you, does your yes. house have a name or have you lived in a house with, that is a name? No, it house? doesn't. But weirdly, before that, I also saw that tweet. But before that tweet was tweeted, right, I went for a walk with my wife this afternoon. How's, noticed, how's the big light or lamp scene? I mean, yeah, because of the cold sea, we're going too early for big light or lamp. Right, so fair enough. It's, okay. It's, yeah, I mean, this would be prime, especially with the with the you know, shortest day of the year tomorrow or whatever, this is prime fucking big light or lamp territory. You can go out at five o'clock and, it, and it, frankly, all bets are off. Curtains will still be open. You don't know. <laughs> like, it, it is, yes. Yeah. It's, it's like it a cataclysm of big light or lamp. It is peak season. It really yeah. is. But yeah, we were going for a walk at lunchtime today and as I was, we were kind of, we walked past the street and we noticed that the house at the very end of our road, which is a 1980s new build estate in the most boring and modern thing has a plaque on the front of their house saying Abbott's Mere. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> you, you live in a three bedroom 1980s new build house. No Abbott has ever lived there or will ever live there. <laughs> Maybe Russ Abbott if thing, if times are hard for him. My, uh, my last house which was a semi-detached house in North Wales yes, um, had a name which I painted over and refuse to use, just Correct. use the number. Yes. And then this house I've got now also has a name, which I refuse to use. And thankfully, when you can pick the address, you can pick yeah. either the name or the number. Perfect. So I've put a number on the front now to try and bring an end to all this nonsense. Because <laughs> it's just a disgrace. However, the best naming thing, going back to my, this is true, right? Going back to my aunt, and my un, Uncle Brian and Auntie Kath, Mm. They got a, a static caravan in Blackpool, as is the the warrant yeah, of the of, of the Lancashire uh, family. Of course, and that was there, and they named that Brycath, <laughs> and actually got blackmailed <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Called it Brycath. Even That's better than that, stuff. you've got to love a name that you've got to like. This a compound of the people that live there. Honestly, that's great. So Ian Wallace go. says, I drive number 41 past J.K. Rowling's house. It's the, called the White House. Oh. <laughs> I mean, 
she's an incredibly creative woman, clearly, and that's that's the depth of her creative powers. So, hello everyone. If you want to get in touch with us, I am at Blood and Mud on the Twitter or Lee at Blood you and Mud dot com. You can also use the Patreon messaging service. So I tend to have, I tend to administer that bit. So it's you mostly do. me you're talking to. So thank you. I do get messages. I do reply to them as best I can. So uh, thank you for those people who message. And what about you, Josh, in your fancy fucking 1990s retro to lose top, by the way? Honestly, Very this nice. Is best, this is the best thing I bought in twenty. We are on the live stream. Sorry, I just want to say hello, everybody. Yeah. We've actually made it available to everybody. So we might see some new new faces watching this. Well, you, sorry, you'll see our faces. We'll see some new yeah. people commenting, perhaps. But yeah. uh, we thought we'd let you have a look. With it being Christmas and that, you know. Yeah. Honestly, I'm so pleased with this 1990s retro to lose jersey. What I've just bought, um, it's just it's everything. It's, it's, I, I, I'm no, I'll never need to buy another rugby shirt now because I've got the best rugby shirt. It's fine. Like I don't, I don't think there's any topping this. The 1996 Heineken Cup final to lose shirt. It's a fucking classic. It is. But other people uh, in touch with you. They want to agree with you. Gardner or at Rockton underscore Mag if you're that way inclined. So we are on um, Apple. We're on the Sports Social Net Podcast Network. We can find us yeah, on that are. now. Uh, we've transferred fully onto that one. Um, we're also on Patreon.com. Slash Blood and Mud, where you can f- come there and get extra episodes. You get this live stream every week, not just at special you Christmas can. times. Uh, you get an extra bit of a extra dollop of uh, the episode every week usually about an, an extra 45 minutes to an hour that's how much we fucking bang on in the break some people might say well good i'd rather not have that thanks but if you want that then you can uh, come we'll, along we'll not against you absolutely would not against you two quid a month or 20 quid for the whole year just over 20 quid it's like 20 pound 13 for the whole year or five pound a month and 50 quid for the whole year if you want to come into the vip area behind the velvet rope uh, play with a giant kaplunk and all that kind of stuff uh, we've had one vip this week uh, Mr. Adam Fletcher, thank you very much, Adam. He actually did it before that, he's reminded me. So apologies, Adam, it's taking you to remind me. Uh, but he wants me to do his son instead of him, which is becoming quite a thing it. now, isn't it? It's a thing. I quite like that, though. Into yeah. It. We're becoming like a sort of cameo, aren't we? People are like buying things for other people. So he's doing it for his son, Connor Fletcher. So we've got here, Connor Fletcher is a promising centre at old Hokey Cokeyans RFC. Somehow... He's a, cra- he's, a, he's a crash ball specialist who very much runs his weight. The trouble is his weight is 11 stone wet through. <laughs> yeah. Despite this, everyone agrees he's a far better player than his dad ever was. So there you go. So that's Connor and Adam, both of you. Thank you very much for that. Lovely stuff. We begin, as we always begin, Josh, with a player spotted now, I guess, don't we? Yeah, we do. Absolutely, we do. Dan Island is on the direct messages. And he's, it's a bit of a retro one again. He says, player spotted, and this is going back to around October the 5th, 1997. I love that. Around October the 5th, 1997. Picture the scene, says Dan. A busy departure lounge at Bristol Airport to the 13-year-old about to embark on his first ever flight, family holiday to Lanzarote, in case you're wondering. My granddad had been stitched up with a timeshare on a previous trip. I was already quite excited about being somewhere that seemed so posh. You don't hear about timeshares anymore. Do they? There's always you people don't. trying to flog them on holiday. But I remember my mum always having to like, like they were on, somehow like being attacked by a werewolf or something. It's timeshare, timeshare, run quick. Don't, don't yeah. speak to them. It's timeshare sort of thing. 
Because the, and they would often like I remembered like when I was a quite a small kid, there was like some sort of thing when we went to like Florida. There was somebody who was like offering you free Disney tickets, and all you had to do was attend this seminar. And it's like, no, not doing that. <laughs> my dad, my dad was quite into it. My mother was just like, no, we're definitely not doing that. They're trying to sell us some sort of timeshare, and of course they were. Somebody I know, uh, their dad had timeshares in Tenerife, and he's passed away now, but he, he passed them on or sold some and yeah, passed yeah, them yeah. on. So, like, her and her sister have a couple of weeks each in this block of flats in, in Tenerife, which is like, they still use it, good for them, but it's a strange old thing. I wonder if the prevailing Airbnb model of stuff mm. has rendered the timeshare somewhat in. Like, because people like now, some rich cunt's just going to buy the entire thing, and then you know he'll buy the entire flat or whatever, and we'll sell it. We'll Airbnb it when he's not there to pay for it. Does that kill the timeshare? I don't know. Who knows? But that's another episode that we could go into, <laughs> isn't it? Get in touch. Um, Look, listen. Yeah. New Zealand says uh, I've got a timeshare in Fiji. Total bargain. Just picked up another week per year for five hundred dollars. I'm on a level with you. A timeshare in Fiji sounds a hell of a lot better than any timeshare I've ever like a, heard. Better ever. than a timeshare in Malgrat, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Just a bit. Just a bit. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway. So meanwhile, back at Bristol Airport departure lounge in 1997, he says, "Already Dan says, already developing into the rugby nose I since became." I had yep. not missed a game of the Summers Lions Tour, so SA in 97, obviously the famous one, and I was wearing my much-loved Lions shirt, bought from Bob Lovell out the back of Rugby World. Paper round savings well spent, yes, Lovely. indeed. He says, on my way to the bathroom, I spotted Mike Cat, about to be starstruck. I noticed he had full bath tracksuit on. Then, pow, yep. pow, pow, Martin Hogg, Nigel Redman, Mark Regan, John Callard, the whole squad was in Bristol Airport. Hello. October the 5th, 1997, or thereabouts, about that time. Wow. Excitedly, he says, I went about collecting all their signatures, I hope off the back of a Chinese lid off out of the bin. Um, Not in any other way. Um, he said, thinking to myself, these were the first sports stars I'd met since super schools brought Chris Akabusi to my primary school. Oh, that's another great that's right, not that's player good, that's spotted. That's a quiet one yeah. to drop in, isn't I it? Know. I tell you. Um, highlights included me nervously mumbling, I thought you scored in the third test, a Ronnie Regan. I'm not sure he did. Didn't know what I was on about. And being struck <laughs> with how stacked Phil de Granville was, his forearms were as thick as anything I've ever seen. <laughs> how do they compare to Rory Kakot's forearms? That's the measure yeah, of, of, of every person. It is. I believe they were heading out to breathe, he concludes. Yeah. Uh, Dan concludes for the Heineken Cup pool match, which they'd lost, which they then lost 29 12. I was disappointed that Guscott wasn't there. It was a great start, start to my holiday, though. I mean, fair play. Yeah. Rugby it's... players in an airport, probably. We've had a few of them. We've had people spotted on planes. Mm. I actually, I can't remember what airport it was, but I saw Willie John McBride reading a newspaper in an airport once. Yeah. I once shared a. Uh... Low budget long haul flight with Michael Owen, the uh, former Wales number eight, and Not his family. The former England number nine. No, no. Actually, number 10 because yeah. Alan Shearer always played number nine. But yeah. That's true. The bespectacled much better than everybody gave him credit for Wales number eight, Michael Owen. 
Speaking of cameo type things, there's another mm. one called Memo. Yeah. Michael Owen's on that, 175 quid. <sighs> to have that fucking midget boredom <laughs> going out here. Has, has something happened to Michael Owen's eyebrows? What's happened to his entire face? Yeah, what's happened it's to very Owen's strange. face? Something's gone, something's happened to his face and it no longer looks like how it used to look and it's not getting old. Like, Guess who else is on there? On, who, on who, Memo. Who? Yeah. Uh, but might not be on there now and might be refusing requests. 500 quid, mind, Chris mm-hmm. Noth. Really? Well. And after not... last week, I think they might not be using him anymore. <laughs> I think I think that might have gone south quite quickly. Hello. Um, yeah, indeed. But yeah, Nigel Owen's on that one. He's on all of them, I think. They're like really shit ones, like 90s footballers, like Leroy Leiter, who played for Reddings on there for a tenner. I mean, that's really I'd niche, pay a, isn't it? I'd pay a tenner for Leroy Lita just to make him feel better, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so uh, the very bizarre thing. So, yeah. I think what's good about that memo thing is that it's got two M's in the middle of it, and so it's almost totally ungoogleable unless you know. No. <laughs> Which... Pushing it very hard on Facebook, I've noticed. Lots of Facebook okay. ads to do with it. Oh, I'm, I'm clicking on Memo's rugby thing to see if they've got... Oh, Ben Foden's on there with a very... Who's the most expensive shirt. rugby one? Oh, Actually, read, read out the ones you can see, and I'll try and guess who the most expensive one is. Okay, okay. We've got Nigel Owens. Uh-huh. Who's got a sale on? Um, ben Foden, <laughs> Martin Afire, Mike Phillips, Craig Chalmers, Kieran Bracken, Scott Hastings, Gareth Chilcott, Jack Owlett, who I don't even know who he is. No. Um, Phil Vickery, Keith Mason, Brian Redpath, uh, Vilami Tuolani, Victor Ubogu, uh, I forgot Andy Powell. Days, you have to stop. Andy Powell, Jason Robinson, Chris Choppy Close, who played in the NRL, and Luke Reamer from right. the Brud. The I guess if anything is justifiable, Jason Robinson yeah. should be the most expensive out of those. Uh, he's actually not, but he is the second most expensive. Uh, Actually, uh, Martin Fire's the most expensive at eighty pound a message. I think which... the thing is, some people just set their own price, and you think I, I reckon <laughs> there's no. They probably give them an idea of what they should charge. You go fuck off and charge him more than that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, five months worth... okay. Jack Owlett's got to be the cheapest because I don't know who he is. <laughs> Jack Owlett is twenty five quid, which is uh, the same price as Kieran Bracken, who let's not forget played for England and what was in um, a World Cup winning squad. Yeah, Villami uh, Tuilani. Uh, Atalani, sorry, is 11 quid, which feels like I don't even think that's worth I wouldn't do that's it. That's Leroy Lee's money, that it is. <laughs> Andy Powell's 20 quid again, and the other one, Gareth Chilcott's 30 quid, Phil Vickery's 40. I'm surprised Vickery's that low, given that he's got you know, he's he's posing with his MasterChef winning trophy in his photo and everything. Uh, Scott Hastings is 40 quid, Nigel's currently got a sale on and guarantees delivery in time for Christmas, uh, 45 quid. Yeah, I mean, it's Victor Obogu's 40, Brian Redpath's 30. In all seriousness, Obogu's business was all top-end hospitality, wasn't it? It must have arsed oh, yeah. got completely out of that. I going to say, Poor maybe bloke. he's had a rough fucking year. Poor guy. Yeah, Ben right. Foden, 30 quid. Not worth it. Is he still playing somewhere, Ben Foden? Is he in the NFL? Uh, wasn't he in the New York? Uh, yeah, he went to the MLR. Yeah, he, went, he was playing for New York, I think. I don't know if he still is. Let's find out very quickly, can't we? Uh, so while you're doing that, yeah, um, thank you very much to uh, Dan, 
And for anybody else who's got a play spot, you can send it into Lee at bloodandwood.com or on the Patreon messaging service or on the DMs of mine, which are open. Have you got special like cyber super protection of your messaging now? You're a blue tick wanker on Twitter. Uh, I assume so, yeah. I assume that anybody that says anything mean to me just instantly gets booted. So, you know, bring it on. I looked at flying. Speaking of Lizard NZ with the, the, the time sharing Fiji, I looked at flying to Fiji. Mm. I mentioned this last week. I looked at flying to Fiji just to see what it'd be like. I, I mean, you have to go via LA from here, which I'm sure feels like the long way around. That feels like a very long way around. But I think there is no short way around because it is basically well, no, yeah, on the opposite I get that. side I, of the I world. I thought it would have at least be Singapore and then across or something. Yeah. Maybe it's not, but yeah, I where was it? Um, I think it was during Super Rugby Aotearoa last year. They were having load. They had loads of visit Samoa adverts on, uh, in the in at halftime at the end. Tell you what, it didn't half make me want to go to Samoa. Just oh, looks yeah. really nice. Just looks real fucking nice. Mad to think that people leave there to come play rugby in like sale or bristol <laughs> well denny salamora is probably going back or somewhere near to it isn't he <laughs> don't, not yeah, be confirmed don't he's definitely uh he's off somewhere let's face it oh so he's basically it's, saying it's an over interview the top, the isn't it? you're thinking right to left yeah we probably are yeah oh yeah actually when i flew to when i flew to denver we went right up over scotland and I quite like it when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Across, you down go over Bath the and Island and over Hudson yeah, yeah. Bay and that way. I got pictures of like, you know, the Canadian tundra out the window. It was great. Yeah, it's quite a fun way to go that. I like it. I've done I've done the sort of going over the Arctic across Canada and then down the uh the Pacific Northwest to LA. That's quite a fun route to go as well. Yeah. Lizard NZ won't stop. She he or she is trying to flog be a timeshare in Fiji now in the comments. It's time to move on. This is how this is how they get you these high pressure timeshare sales tactics in the comments. <laughs> Honestly, got, you open it up one week to the to the broader public and they're trying to sell <laughs> you stuff already. That's our job. We fair, sell you stuff. Honestly, three hundred and fifty quid for a week sounds like a fucking great deal, but it does. I can use me. I've got. I can use me ninth. Thousand million Avios points to get twenty six quid off the flight. So, should we do some news? Now we've done play spots. I think we better add, yeah. All of you can send play spots in, of course. Um, so, news wise, do you want to start me off? I've got a few bits here. It's been quite a newsy. Yeah, today, it's it? quite a newsy week. Well, this is the week where everybody can say where they're playing next season. <laughs> true, <laughs> which That's is very true. Lots of people playing elsewhere. Uh, perhaps most notably of which Ellis Genge joining Bristol, coming back home. Um, and for a lot less money than he's currently on, according to Pat Lamb, which is interesting. <laughs> Basically, taking a massive pay cut to go and be closer to home. Which mm, I bet there's absolutely nothing else or any other way to maximise the income that he's bringing in. That that's that you, I'm sure you, we yeah. could maybe find if we had a look. <laughs> I'm sure that yeah, I've already looked on Companies House. He hasn't registered any any new companies in the last couple of days. Definitely Steve not. Lansdowne. <laughs> They're not going to do the exact same thing. It'll be a different shenanigans. I'm sure um, it's all very above board within the spirit of what they're trying to achieve, but well, it is slightly coincidental. Is it? Yeah, and it's interesting. Like. He's club captain at Leicester now, right? Hmm. And but it's very easy to forget that. Remember when he nearly like basically said "fuck you, sack me" then 
when they told him to take a pay cut at the start of the pandemic, and then at the 11.59 and however many seconds of the deadline, he they came to an agreement, but it was never revealed how that situation was resolved, and it might well have been that Leicester went, all right, you can just keep earning your pre-pandemic wage for the remainder of your contract. And I wonder if that was the case. That's why he's taking a massive fucking pay cut. Because it's like, well, yeah, you didn't take a quarter off your pay like everybody else did two years ago. Yeah. Either way, point. either way, excellent signing for Bristol, who will hopefully be able to solve their lack of big carriers problem that has plagued them so much this season by going, here's Kyle Sinclair and here's Ellis Genge. Enjoy. So all England pair of props. Yeah, not bad. Still haven't got anything else in the second like the second row is still piss poor and the back row lacks balance. But if nothing else, those two will add some oofed, I would imagine. Speaking of second rows, um two bits of news. Sam Skinner is leaving Exeter. Yes, off to so Edinburgh. He's off to Edinburgh. And Johnny Hill's going to sail, apparently. Which when you factor in the rumours of Hogg going back to Glasgow. It does make you wonder if Exeter might not just be due a full rebrand off the field. <laughs> they, they, they've spent a lot of money in the last couple of years on some very fancy players, and you wonder if... Salary cap's down to five mil now, isn't it? Yeah, and which, he's... Um, which I, I mean, you, a... you, with Exeter, there's always a chance of somebody <laughs> coming through, but Armand's been playing. Hasn't he been coming on at lock? Well, this is Recently. the problem for Exeter. They've all of a sudden got a lot of England, like, quite sort of high-tariff England players that they need to keep hold of. They've got the Saracens problem, you know? Mm. They've got, you know, when you look through that team, you just think, well, all of them, like, whether it's, you know, there's this talk that Jack Noah might be off as well, like, going to Japan. But, like, when you look at that England team now and you think, well, Henley Slade is absolutely fucking like rooted as a senior, you know. He's a nailed on starter, isn't he? Yeah, he's an England test starter, ergo money. Uh, you know, you've got um Johnny Hill who's presumably earning lots of money, like players like Luke Aaron Dickey, obviously I'm not sure where Johnny of Maybe Johnny Hill wasn't earning that much money because he signed his contract before he blew up. Exactly. And now he has blown up. And like, this is oh, his first big right. contract, and they've gone, ugh. Um, and some play, you know, Sam Simmons has probably got himself back into it, you know, has now got Lion and England next to his name, which means that he can probably bid you quite a big old fucking pay rise. And, you know, players like Joe Simmons will be in demand, you know. Tom O'Flaherty's probably in demand. There's a lot of those players that are sort of, they've got on, they've basically been enjoying paying peanuts to for the last couple of years that they're probably now going to have to... And that could be the model that they work to because they they trust their academy or their clever signing so much that they think, yeah, we can let him go because we've got, I don't know enough about it to be honest, but they've got, you know... Well, you look at Exeter and you you think, well, we've got questions are coming through. He's already a Wales international. So that's like, true. You got Kirsten, haven't you? Armand's yeah, you got Kirsten. Do a job. Yeah, and you, and know, you don't lose them to uh, well, not so much Christ, but you don't lose, you don't lose the likes of Kirsten and Armand to international call-ups, do you? So there's something. No, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to lose Christ that much over the next. Now that he's capped, there's no fucking pressure to 
you know, drop him in and they've got, you know, they still got a very good squad there, but you do think that yeah, is this it's sort of like the opposite of the Saracens model, where the Saracens model was heavily invest in keeping our core players here, even if we have to break the salary cap to do it. Exeter's model is just keep the fucking production line going. And that's certainly a more fucking you know, it's a it's a lot more of a sensible financial one to do if that is the model. But you know, losing Johnny Hill and Sam Skinner and maybe Stuart Hogg and maybe Jack Noel. That's a big old loss combined with the players that they lost last season as well. Ryan Lowe has just confirmed Premiership caps five million. Irk cap three point one million. Yes, uh, South, Af- the South African rugby uh, uh, up their salary cap for the Irk teams to about three million quid, which sounds like fuck all compared to the Prem or top fourteen when you factor in, like sixty uh, percent, well, isn't it? Sixty six percent, effectively. Yeah, and you know, Premierships have got the marquee player rule, so you know you can add another million or two on top of that. But you know, when you'd think that South Africa's cost of living is basically half what it is in the UK or France or Japan, like that's all of a sudden South Africa is not uncompetitive in terms of and you know we're we're seeing rumors of players like Ludiago going home for starters like you wonder if that might start to become more of a thing especially if the top 14 say they're going to cut their they're saying today that they're going to cut their salary cap again although cutting it to 10 million quid hardly see <laughs> I mean nobody's going to the fucking poor house anytime soon in France but like yeah it's still you know, there all of a sudden there is less money sloshing around, and yet they still are not anything like as ridiculously dominant dominant as they should be with a ten million pound salary cap, are they? No, absolutely not. I think it's all weird. it does is inflate the prices of people who are not that much better than people being paid half the amount in England. In all honesty, it's very true, and you know, particularly the GIF uh, French qualif- like the fact that they've got to have like sixty percent of their squads or eighty percent of their squads now are French qualified. So it does mean that, you know, there's a, in the same way that, um, like in the premiership, in the football premiership, there is this, you know, tax of, you know, English players cost much more than foreign players who are much better than them because they're much more valuable to have in squads than foreign players are. I think that we're starting to see that happening with France where, you know, there's a lot more changing of players between French teams because they're offering, they're starting to offer silly money to to keep, you know, and let's face it, this French, this generation of French players is fucking mustard. So you can't blame them in that regard, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this all shakes out and whether there will, because, you know, even the, there's some talk this week about a, what on an irk wide salary cap. And how um, it's difficult to do it across so many different economies, though, it's isn't it? It's extremely hard to do it, and I don't see how, to be honest with you, Ireland would ever go for it because they go to such great lengths to, uh, you know, obscure how much money they spend on their players. <laughs> that why would they ever agree to something that would a make that public and b limit their spending in any way? I, I just don't see it happening, but it is probably the only way that the Irk is ever going to become a genuinely competitive league. So who knows? We'll see how much power South African broadcast money wields, I guess. 
But I suppose when you think about the big names they've got at sale, you can only assume they're signing Johnny Hill because there's the announcement coming that Diaga is going. You would imagine so. You would imagine they For can't. Example. They're basically replacing what, you know, Diaga's probably on more money than what a fucking car, giant car horse like Johnny Hill would. Yeah, plus Johnny Hill supplemented by his England bonuses and stuff. You could probably offset some exactly. of that stuff. And, yeah, and, and they you get, get a bit payment. of income as well. You get a bit from... of, yeah, they get payment for Johnny Hill as being an English qualified player. So there's definite... Yeah, he'll probably be on less money than Lude was on to come from South Africa as a World Cup winner. And bring some income with him. And bring some income with him. And probably wouldn't cost that much anyway because he's Johnny Hill. And he'll probably be there more because he won't fuck off to the Rugby Championship for large swathes of the year. And I do think that um, the trouble is you have to offset that against how much more money you'll have to spend on your mind gym yeah. for Johnny Hill. Because I get the feeling that he, he'd need a much bigger mind gym. I was going to say, is a, every, you know, everything about Johnny Hill is bigger. Um, but Except for yeah. the... Except. Yeah. Except for maybe the obvious. He's like a really angry stegosaurus. Basically. It's exactly that. It's like a giant, you know the bigger the man in the same way that you know dinosaurs only were as big as they were because their brains were fucking tiny you kind of feel like johnny hill is maybe that a little bit i don't know maybe he's a fucking renaissance man and he's just been keeping it real quiet but neither his haircut nor the way that he comports himself on field really makes me think any different to be brutally honest yeah so there you go so sam skinner off to that's a good signing I think it's really good. Again, signing. it's yeah, difficult yeah. this time of year because you don't know who's leaving. <laughs> no, that's the thing, is yeah. it? Because all these things get announced, and you think, well, that would be great if you add that to the squad they've got now, but because yeah, it, it, it yeah. happened to Edinburgh squad last year, so it's yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I think clearly some money has been found down the back of the sofa in the SRU in because Edinburgh and Glasgow have not been performing for the last couple of seasons to the level that they were expected to do so, and. That has clearly resulted in some quite heavy investment from the SRU, but it's, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting change in policy. You know, if Hogg does go back to Glasgow, for example, like because Scotland's whole fucking gig has been we don't really care where our lads are playing because they're probably playing at a higher level than what we could offer them in Scotland, and it enables us to have more players coming through and have a wider player base when we've only got two teams. If they're now trying to sort of do a Wales and bring more players home, it'll be interesting to see how that works out for Scotland's squad depth because then all of a sudden you've got all of your players sort of concentrated in two teams. I think like anything, there's something to be said for it and not said for it, really. I yeah. think having, one, it's good for your clubs having effectively an international squad split in two, into yeah. two club teams. Hmm. In a way that that lends itself to um, to performing a bit better, do you know what I mean? But actually, then again, the trouble is then if if one of your club teams isn't playing well, do you bring that lack of confidence and lack of form mm. into international setup as well, rather than having them pulled together from different parts where it's not quite as impactful? It's I don't know. It's hard to yeah. It's and hard it to know because they are in that sense, you, aren't they? Wouldn't it yeah. just being the two clubs? Yeah, and if you've got you know two fly-offs and one at each club that's starting and then one of them gets injured, then all of a sudden the lad that's been sat on the bench for most of the season all of a sudden is Scotland's second-choice 10. 
all of a sudden Jakob yeah, van der Vaart's an international player. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these are the sort of dark, you know, Jakob van der Vaart, you know, culturally appropriate in Scotland. As, uh, oh, oh yes, yeah, Stephen Jones. As our friend Stephen Jones has said more of <laughs> that later. No oh my but god! Anyway, um, yeah. Josh Smith in the comments has pointed out that Ben Toulis is leaving Edinburgh, which is allowing the Skinner sign. And there's also rumour that, that ah, Bill okay. Matter's going. Yeah, that'll do it. Any other news? Well, that's the signings. Any more news? Um, Brad Shields got suspended and then unsuspended which is a very helpful way to illustrate what a fucking state rugby has got itself into regarding dangerous challenges. Ref, red card, panel, four-week ban, appeal panel, yellow card. This is what happens if you just go, no, we're not going to zero tolerance this. We're just going to leave a huge swathe of interpretation so nobody really knows. The rules are basically blancmange now. The, de- the best way to deal with um, people getting Parkinson's at the age of 42 is to purely do everything on vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's absolutely fair, the to, right policy. To Poit, he was ref. He does and always had refed on vibes, but they were good vibes. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's just, yeah, I just, it's just... I don't know where to start. I'm bored of talking about it. No, we can't do it no more. It's clear, Everyone knows it's our position bro- on this. It's time. clearly fucking broke, and it would be a lot. There'd be a lot less fucking debate about it if they were just went back to being fucking zero tolerance, isn't it? Again, because at least then people would know where they stood. What else we got here then? Um, Ronan O'Gara doesn't want to manage Monster, or at least not right now. <laughs> it was one focus, and I'm quite happy living in La Rochelle. Thanks. Yeah, which, I mean, you can sympathise for a variety of reasons why he might be happier living in France. Um, <laughs> you know, both socially and... But, yeah, it's... He's... It was, it was quite a weird sort of thing that he said about it. Like, he basically said they called him and then said that he'd be a Judas if he left. So he admitted to taking a call from Mon- Munster and thinking about it, but then was like, ah, I'd be some Judas if I didn't. Uh, and then he said that the top 14 was a ball breaker of a league, which I found very funny. That's <laughs> as, as a way of... Yeah. Um, but yeah, he said that he's not going anywhere until 2023, which... Which will you be got... interesting because if you're Munster, do you then get someone in on a year with the thoughts that in a year's time, Ronan Agara will be available? I also think it's weird going back to a club you've been a playing legend to then manage as well. I mean, Leo Cullen yeah. did it, continues to Leo do it. Leo Cullen only. Leo Cullen was fucking heading rapidly off a cliff until Stu Lancaster turned up. <laughs> I think got something about him as a coach. But the point Leo Cullen's a good point. It's like, what do you have to gain, really? You you I suppose there's a far bigger risk of your reputation within the club going downhill, going back as a manager. Than it is yeah, yeah. What, it as what it have you got what have you got to gain there? I mean, um, you could be very successful and become a yeah. Uber. An legend. even bigger legend. Yeah, like you could Axel become Foley, the biggest legend in the history. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I've also found it interesting that like Ogara basically just listed all the people that Munster should talk to, like 
giving it give it Mike Prendergast and Graham Roundtree for a year is a funny suggestion from his, which I think, yeah, why not? Harlequins showed that they don't need a coach last season. Just let just let them get on with it. Just create a and 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 you know a vaguely tied together brains trust who somehow make who just do their own thing during the week and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, don't try not. To, you wouldn't enjoy watching chaotic Graham Roundtree, Mike Prendergast monster. <laughs> be bags of fun. It'd be way more fun than this sensible monster we currently have. So, yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Well, I suppose two things. One, he won't be managing Munster, and two, he's not leaving La Rochelle for a little while. So I suppose no. news that surprises nobody, really. You got any more news? Uh, no. I've got, got a couple of things. We found out that oh, yeah? it's terrible news. Fact, very sad news. We found out Ivan Phillips has actually lost his leg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awful, public knowledge so... now, which is fucking yeah. dreadful. But he's somehow still smiling. Um, just a very positive young man. And... Yeah, he said, you know, you've basically paid for my new leg, and I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get on it. I'm continue well, to be active, and it's like, well, fair play to you, mate. I'm not sure I'd be your fucking level of sunny at this point. Get busy living and all that. The, um, uh, speaking of which, sport, sports personalities are total disgrace last night. No sign of Sir Kev at all. No, <sighs> he's beyond. He's Gross. too big for that. He's, too, he's beyond that now. It. It's too good for it. Just give him the fucking nighters. That we already assumed that he had anyway. <laughs> Which you've all given him anyway. Yeah. So, England are going to play South Africa and New Zealand next door. Oh, yes, they are, yeah. In what Eddie Jones is, and nobody else at all, but Eddie Jones yeah. is calling a mini World Cup. I call it like every other autumn that's ever been every year yeah. for the past 25 years, yeah. I like how they waited to make sure that New Zealand was shit before they agreed to play the <laughs> game there. Yes. Shit now? Are they shit now? All right, yeah, okay, we'll do it. Eddie Jones described it as, as a mini World Cup. Okay. I don't think that's <laughs> going to catch on, but yeah, no. that's fine. Did you see Brett Gosper this week saying that his biggest regret being uh, at his time at World Rugby was not getting the fucking World Nations Championship bollocks, whatever the fuck it was, off the ground? Like, honestly, of all the stupid things you did and your time at I, World you know, Rugby, and it that's wasn't his your... over. He hasn't, no, he hasn't it wasn't, accepted yeah, that. It, it wasn't appearing in that in Dan Leo's documentary and looking like a total fucking twat. <laughs> it, was, it was not getting that god-awful dog-shit excuse for a fucking annual World Cup off the fucking ground. Good fucking riddance. My biggest regret was to allow camera angles from the back in that documentary. <laughs> I should never have allowed that to happen. Um, yeah, well, but another news related to that, being heavily trailed mm. in the news that there's a, a, a World Club Championship type thing possibly on yeah. its way. I'm, I mean, I'm we, can barely it, but... run a, we can barely run a fucking European tournament at the moment. We can barely run a cross-national tournament at the moment. Let's... Let's hold our fucking horses, eh? Why? I mean, you know, I'm sorry to get this drum out again, but why are we wasting our time on the likes of this? Ooh, eh? We could just the simply all-star do. Game. Yeah. Donde esta? <laughs> all-star game. Yeah. Where is it because we've trademarked it and what the world rugby are... I reckon that's definitely. I reckon they've got rooms and rooms of lawyers locked in, wondering whether they can even go forward with it because of they've heard us. It's not worth it. They'll never sell it to us. It's like we will, 
We will sell it. I'll put it on record now. We will sell it to you for a very reasonable fee. <laughs> I mean, you know, nothing else has been called an all-star game before, has it? That, that no, we might be not. falling foul we've, of, has it? We've, we've, we have copy, intellectually copyrighted the concept of a rugby union all-star game. And I will not have anybody argue about otherwise, frankly. Have you put a non-fungible token on it? <laughs> I'll come to that fucking later. Uh, more NFT action later. Yes. So, uh, last bit of news for me is that every Wales are stopping sports, but not really. They've they've stopped the Newport County and Cardiff City games over Christmas. Have they cancelled the Derby? Drags, Drags Ospreys is off but that's only because the Ospreys are absolutely fucking riddled with COVID uh, at the moment. Yeah, there's been no government um, line on stopping them, has there? Maybe they're just no, um, just shortly before, shortly before we came on air, um, yeah, the Ospreys said that they've got, uh, what was it said, a number, they think they've got 18 cases uh, amongst players and staff, and they're mainly Omicron, so... Uh, the Welsh government's gone, no, you're not playing that. And they've gone, yeah, fair enough. Which, uh, interestingly, though, the Ospreys have said, or claimed at least, um, that they are 100% vaccinated. So I don't know if any other teams have actually gone on record and said that they're fully vaccinated yet. I haven't seen many. I know a lot of them have said that they are, most of their players are vaccinated, but nobody's put a number on it yet. So given that the Prem is now going to, the English, the football prem is now going to do monthly. Yeah. It's said that they're going to do monthly updates on how vaccinated their players are. Uh, you wonder if that might start coming to rugby, and I wonder how bad it will be. So it's not looking yeah. good in football, is it? It got really low uptake outside of the Premiership. It's fifty-nine in the uh, football leagues. Fifty-nine percent fucking vaccinated, man. Weird, unbelievably shit. Ugh. Is that it for news then? I think it is. Yeah. Oh, it could be our earliest finished ever in terms of Ooh. news. Rattling through this. So, um, we now move to talk about the weekend and some game that you've invented. So, we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah, we'll see how that so, goes. Um, so, we will leave our... Obviously, we've got non-patrons on the live stream. You can see, hello, everybody. But those of you who are listening and you're a non-patron, you will not hear this next bit. Okay, no, so not. we will speak to you all in a bit because we're going to talk about the weekend today. So therefore, we will welcome back our non-patron listeners on the podcast. Hello, everyone. Hello. And we do shit good, because that is what we do at this time of the day. Josh, kick me off with a shit. NFTs and rugby fucking union. Here we go. We mentioned this before. So <laughs> Yeah, we, we, spoke, now, we didn't we talk talked about... about this before, and that I don't understand NFTs. No. Well, that's because they're a pyramid scheme. And the, and because, when you look at it and you think, oh, well, it just looks like a pyramid scheme. I mustn't understand this. No, it's that's that's it. So it's digi- can I try to tell you how I understand it? Yeah, yeah. You take something uh-huh. like, I don't know, that game you've just done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you assign a big, long digital code to it. Yes. Which is unique. Yeah. And then you could sell that to someone yeah. as a unique artifact uh, artifact from the internet. Yes. Um, is that actually, right? Is that what you an never NFT actually is? Own, you never actually own the thing. You just own a receipt saying that you own the thing. So if then somebody... Which... Anyway, go on. 
I won't steal what you're going to say. Go on. I well, don't know what you're Cam- going to say, but I'm a feeling I might just start be walking all over if I start trying to explain it. But go on. Well, I think Cammy Black of the Scottish Rugby Podcast has a good uh, way of sort of describing NFTs, which is basically you pay for a pint of beer, but anybody can drink it and you're not allowed to complain and you don't even own the glass, but you do get a bit of paper that says it's your pint. And that's basically NFTs as far as I can tell. So yeah, we didn't talk about the other week, World Rugby planning to branch out into NFTs as they announced a couple of weeks ago, because honestly, I think we have enough things to be angry about without getting (laughs) fucked off by the global governing body of our sport getting into the world of digital Ponzi (laughs) schemes. But now I feel like we have to, because Charles Piotr has beaten them to the punch. Charles Piotr has uh, (laughs) somehow managed to get into the rugby NFT game ahead of the people who run the sport and created a thing called Ruggers NFT, which... um, is a series of 25, initially a series of 25 unique works of art celebrating um, 25 international rugby players who've um, basically they're, they're I'll, I'll, show, I'll tell you what, I'll show you because I've stolen some of them. There's one, there's Adam Jones. Okay. Uh, there's Peter Stringer for some reason. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. There's Carl Sinclair. That's better. Um, that's a bit better, isn't it? And again, for some reason, there's Dave, there's Dean Richards. Dean Richards' I, head I, was much bigger than that. I'll say that. Yes, it was. Is it? I, I don't know. None of it really makes sense. Anyway, so they've got so some a sort of to make, just to make about look... adequate sketching as you might of... see in a children's sketchbook. Yes, in a sort of what that you can buy for the bargain price of between two hundred and five hundred dollars a piece. Um, and that's just for <laughs> for the receipt. And that's for the street because as you can but see, Josh, I haven't paid. Josh, I haven't paid. I've stolen these, I and there say, they are. Josh, you've just screen grabbed and shown <laughs> me all these things. Lee, I didn't even have to screen grab them. I just right clicked and saved. It, it's not even that advanced. And what really offends me is not just that these things exist, and not just that they're terrible and really poor works of art. And it's that they're blatantly trying to be fucking digital rugby stickers. Look at them, like. That's tr- like they've even got like a shit pretend fucking shiny texture to try and make them seem more like like stickers. But you know what is I've got I've got fucking rugby stickers. Peter Stringer looks like a really shit Lex Luthor. But like, don't try to tell me that that pretend thing on the internet has more value than these glorious things here. <laughs> Like, hold the top 14 stickers that you hold The top up. 14 stickers, what I am so, holding up. If you think about like, like the 1965, 19, sorry, 1958 Mickey Mantle yes. baseball card, which yeah. might, I, don't, I don't know much about baseball cards, that there'll be some that are worth a fortune, right? Yes, the Tom, the Tom Brady fucking rookie card is famously extremely fucking valuable because nobody expected right. him to be any good, so none of them were made. Um. But that is, you actually get something out of this. You know, I can pay my fucking 25, 30 quid and get a massive fucking box of top 14, 60 bloody packs of top 14 stickers, and I've got them. It's like, it's like I say, fuck, I love Charles Peter, right? But don't piss on my head and tell me it's raining, Charles. Don't tell me a rubbish <laughs> digital drawing of a professional rugby player in the size, in the style of a sticker. That is not a sticker. That doesn't even have a sticky back. 
doesn't have any back. The back doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Don't try to tell me that has value. Because what could you do with it? If you've got this receipt now, what, what you could stop people from shit doing what you've just done now? Could you could say, I own it? Or what? I mean, but you don't theoret- own, you don't, you own theoretically, it. Yeah. Yeah. Theoretically, yes. So you could say, I own that. You don't have the right to reproduce that, but I'm not publishing it. I'm just flashing it up on the screen on a fucking live stream of video podcast. Is it that simply this is the beginning of... Well, I suppose if you look at a risk assessment on investment thing here, right? Yeah. There's a lot of risk because what you're effectively waiting for, it sounds like, is that you're waiting for copyright legislation or something to catch up with this because I don't imagine that it's it's in step with it yet. So you'd be basically speculating on the assumption that at some point something will be ruled on that this... I don't know what the answer is. I'm not a lawyer. Somebody who's listening might be. But that's kind of what it is, is it? Is It, is, it must be. It so, must be a kind of... So, or it, it's think, worth me spending 300 quid on this now because at some point, copyright law will catch up because it's what everybody's doing and then it will be worth fucking 10 times as much as that at some point. Well, I think that's the, it's, it's like any other sort of... You know, it's like buying baseball cards and, and keeping them, or comic books or whatever and keeping them in mint condition in the hope that someone's going to want to buy them one day, except the thing that you own does not fucking exist. <laughs> and, like, you know, you're literally paying for a receipt, and there's no guarantee that the thing that you're, you know, you, the file isn't stored on the receipt. So, like, you don't get, like, it's stored on a server somewhere that can just fucking disappear at any time, and there's no guarantee that it won't. So you're literally you're buying a digital receipt, and, you know, it's been... Go- 16 days, right? Charles Piertaus Rugger's NFT has been going, uh, and they sold 21 of their 24 um, items at least once. And you've got at least 12 of them. I've got at least 12. I mean, I, I, I bought all of the semi Miranda ones, so <laughs> obviously. Um, Semi's actually the most expensive guy on there, as he should be. Do uh, you own them without owning them? Because you've already think- got them. <laughs> You do not own them at all, because I will. Yeah, I've already. I'm looking at, at Sammy right now. This could become but, a circular discussion, so we probably need to stop it. But we probably however. absolutely do. But it, it just, yeah, I don't blame anyone, particularly in rugby union, where you know it's a very short career. I don't blame people trying to make money out of themselves in <laughs> any way that they can. In a way, and fair play to Charles. I find it very funny that Charles Peter. <laughs> Has somehow beaten rugby, world rugby to the punch on this, yeah. um, but I, I just find it all very depressing that this is where we're at. You know, it's like generally as a society, shit, right? shit, di- we're paying five hundred quid for a shit digital like throw like that. We're at the pay five hundred quid for a shit digital drawing phase of rugby players trying to give themselves something to actually fucking live on for the rest of their careers. It's yes, sort of... if somebody gave you a piece of paper that sketched in that way, go, that's terrible. That's not really worth anything. So, <laughs> yeah. Mind you, they said that about Ellis Lowry, didn't they? And he, <laughs> who had the last laugh there. Not him. Ultimately, he didn't laugh yeah, at anything, but... We might be fucking, you know, we might look like total pricks in 10 years' time. I doubt it, though. I don't think anybody could accuse of having a lack of vision, Josh. Surely not. We've we came up with a fucking rugby all star game. Don't don't tell me that we haven't got the number of things that we. I mean, you just created that game before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You could. You know, we dream we, of something. I sleep. I did a song at the beginning. People. 
I might put an I might basically create an MP3 file of that song I did at the beginning, create an NFT off it. Don't have to do any of these things, but I'm going to do that and I'm going to sell it for six hundred quid to someone. Yeah, do it. Mint it as an NFT. I don't know how you do that. Vod- Vodafone apparently minted the first ever text as an NFT today. And when what people do you mean say they stuff minted like, it, exactly. Well, because to create the thing, the like unique, the you've got blockchain. to put like a. Yeah, you've, you've basically got to, it or something. Well, yeah, you've basically got to expend enough computing energy to burn down a couple of rainforests. To you know, that's an exaggeration, obviously. But um, yeah, you know, you've got to use some computing power to generate the blockchain Cody thing to fucking make it unique and make it non fucking fungible. Even though my electricity I've doubled it. in my electricity has doubled in price. Are you trying to tell me that might be because of some people creating this bollocks? <laughs> I think it absolutely is. 100%. We need to move on. We need to move on, yeah. Or we'll we'll still be angry in January at this rate. Anyway, I say no. Down with this sort of Down thing. Down with this sort of thing. <laughs> um, yes. Sebastian Vilgran gets in touch. He says, shit, is the Heineken COVID cup? Yes, I think we, Josh, kind of kicked the arse out of that in the uh, in the uh, patron bit in the middle there. Martin Richard Charlesworth gets in touch and says that shit is the pea soup in Glasgow, making one of the few games of the weekend near unwatchable. BT, BT Sports should have switched to a thermal view so we could watch the game as if we were the alien from Predator. I would really enjoy that. Let's do that. that. That would have been a fun. Yeah, why isn't that why a red button option? Fuck yeah. Including the soundtrack and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All that stuff. Fucking yes. melting. Um, what else have we got? Matt Herbert says, shit is getting Omicron for Christmas. Oh, no. sorry about that, Matt. And then Saints kicking me while I'm down by shitting themselves out of the European Cup in the first two games. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about Northampton, did we? Oh, yeah. Northampton's a good game, that. Enjoyed it. Yeah, Northampton Ulster. Yeah, um, Northampton once again somehow getting close to winning a game when they shit the bed for the first twenty minutes, which seems to be what they do now. So, yeah, they had absolutely no business. Alex Mitchell scored one of the all-time great stupid tries where he just kept crabbing until <laughs> yeah. until until he got to the man who had a, a broken shoulder who couldn't tackle him, and then he just fell in the right line. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, fair dues, decent game, right? Yeah. Uh, Deeps filled mince pies gets in touch. He said, Shit is Erda Pieta. The guy would kick for territory in a game of touch rugby on the beach. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we, we spoke about him. I still can't understand how he kicked that out at the end. It makes no <laughs> sense at all. Really silly. Isn't he about 3,000 years old now? Oh yeah, him and Cockot are both like 35, 36 or something. They basically they basically will will never be able to retire. Pete Elder says shit good is the joke I DM'd earlier. Yeah, he DM'd me a joke, Pete, and it was awful. I'm not even going to repeat it. It was so fucking <laughs> terrible. So um Miles Burley gets in touch. He said shit is the extra to front extra to front row. Constantly getting their asses handed to them this season. And maybe Francis was the one thing holding it all together. Yes, mentioned a bit before, maybe Miles. But yes. Yeah. Perhaps. But that's still no excuse for a mostly all international or very, very recently international front row not doing so well. No, it's not really. It's it's all things are 
slightly rotten in the state of Exeter. Mm. I mean, you know, yeah, I'll say nothing. Yeah. Jay Mask gets in touch. He says shit is Monster versus Cast. Yes, we covered that. Terrible, terrible mm. game. But at least he travelled. As the English guy said in the 70s that uh, in Dublin, we might be very good, but at least we turn up. Indeed. You got any more shit? Uh, no, I think I've, I've more than thinged my shit. You're absolutely, it's after that game. You're absolutely yeah, knackered yeah, yeah, yeah. after trying yeah. to na- navigate your way through that game. Yeah, and then five minutes on NFTs, and I'm just a fine <laughs> fucking <laughs> like a puppy. slowly oh, deflated yeah. balloon. Uh, what are we getting this good? Have you got any good? Uh, yes. Um, genuinely, as much as I kind of didn't, I gotta just give credit to Jim Botham again. Like two of the best games I've seen him play these past two weeks. Yeah, something which I never thought. It does feel like a bit of a coming of age or an arrival type performance, which sounds mad given he's already played international rugby. Never yeah. thought that was like a bit of a daft idea. But looking at some of the flashes <laughs> that have come through, yes. Some yeah. of the flashes the past couple of weeks, and obviously there is always an element of, I remember playing, I used to play badminton a bit, and we played against Oxford Uni at university mm. once, and I wasn't a very good player. And I played fucking brilliantly that game, and they had like a couple <laughs> of ex-youth internationals. And we got we got beaten, but I played the best I've ever fucking played in my life. If you ask me to play like that again, no chance. So it's a comp- obviously he's a lot more talented at his chosen sport than I was, but there is something about, that kind of blood and thunder, I've got to give it everything here, and this is what it looks yeah. like. And is that maintainable, I guess? Yes. And if it is, then, you know, good for him. He's going to have a, a tidy career ahead of him at, in the interna- international arena, I think, and for Cardiff. Yeah, it was, but yeah, solid stuff. Really good yeah. stuff. What else we got that's good? Rian Lowe gets in touch on the comments here, and he says, good is Patricia Garcia sl- catching a box kick while sliding on her back under the oncoming defence. Yeah, that was a fucking great clip. I fucking love that. that. Was, gotta love that. The timing of it, man. Yeah. Also loving Jazz Joyce being three minutes back into her fucking 15s career with Bristol and just going, I'm just going to run the length of the field now, lads, here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All ladies, whichever yeah. way. Doesn't matter who it is. I'm still going to run no. the length of the field. Yeah. Indeed. Hunter Sewell says... As good as my first time seeing Jason Isbell in concert. I'm assuming you're in you're in America, aren't you, Hunter? Of course you are. Otherwise, you're otherwise you've missed a very important announcement and you'll be <laughs> <Yes>. inconsolable. <laughs> um, he says, however, shit is my car being towed while watching Oof. and having to drunkenly navigate worse than average US public transit to get home, only to find that my con- county opted out of public transport, leaving me to walk the last two miles. Only in America would you have my county opted out of public transport. What I do like, though, Hunter, and you might want to maybe, maybe tweet this to Jason Isbell himself, is that your entire post-show experience sounds like one of his well, songs. Jason Isbell's song, yeah. It genuinely sounds like... Yeah. Um, <laughs> last of My last... Kind. No, Last of My Kind. Yeah, Last of My Kind, yeah. Yeah, it has a sort of, like, weary, homespun kind of southern charm to it. I yes. think, yeah, he could write a song about you. Andrew Archer gets in touch and he says, good is the Glasgow fans shouting down the extra attempts at the Tomahawk chop. Yes, and then yeah. even better is Exeter fans complaining about it, by being, about being shouted down, only to be called out more. Imagine having your view shouted down. Imagine, imagine what that must feel like, Josh. Yeah. 
Imagine. Having your view shouted down. Maybe imagine yeah. having your view shouted down for an entire fucking century. Yeah. And then imagine how that might and, feel. And not just your views, but your very right to exist. <laughs> not just sh- shouted, shouted down with muskets and bayonets. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Glasgow don't fuck about with this stuff, do they? Because I was reminded this you. week of those two C-clans they tried to... They tried, the Home Office tried to boot yeah, out yeah, the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd, a load of Glasgow, just the neighbours, just surrounded the transports, and you're not fucking taking them anywhere <laughs> until they had to let them out. Glasgow don't fuck about with this stuff, do no. they? Big fan. Big, big fan. Uh, and Mary Williams, on a similar vein, says, Gladwegian's doing Gladwegian things by shutting down all the attempts at doing the tomahawk chop. Yes. Mm-hmm. Adam Reese, friend of the podcast, says, hello, Adam. Seriously, you're going to watch Brian Adams with Adam next year in, in Cardiff. I mean, which is the is, most Adam Knight I was going to say that is possible, like the perfect Adam. If if you went directly from a Cardiff game to the Brian Adams concert, <laughs> that would be yes. the perfect Adam Knight out. Anyway, he says, "Good is Harlequins being far less intolerable now. Mike Brown doesn't play for them. It's funny. It's that, true. Isn't it? They are a lot more likable now. Do you think Dan Fish still thought that he was playing for them, and they thought that's who Tyrone Green was, and that's <laughs> Maybe, why he's rammed yeah. his shoulder straight to his head? Cunt. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Mike Brown. Oh, oh, fuck, sorry. Jesus, I thought you were somebody <laughs> not else. A, not a panel in the land has convicted me of that. But, <laughs> no, yeah. Unfortunately, what is your defence, Mr. Fish? I thought, I thought he, he was, was Mike Brown. I, earnest, I had the earnest belief that he was Mike Brown. Like those American coppers. I reasonably and genuinely <laughs> was in fear that he was, that he Mike, was Brown. Mike Brown. <laughs> You're acquitted. Go back on duty. That's another alternative title right there. <laughs> yes. A reasonable, genuine fear of Mike Brown. Um, also on, good. Uh, young Theo Cabango. Woof. Fast. Fast, fast, fast. Yeah. Not much else to it. Don't get your, don't get any hopes yeah. up. But yeah. But genuinely, it's just fun watching somebody that fast. My Matt Prothero... Cabango, Louis Rees-Samit, dream back three of never tackling and always running very fast is... Say what, that can win. It's a good footballer, though. Yeah. Genuinely good footballer, yeah. In a sort of like, how come you didn't start... Like, How did that lad have to take someone's head off for you to get a go? You know? (laughs) Yeah, really busy and loads of lovely little touches. Yeah. Called win it, which is unfortunate for him. And I'm sure he's not had a load of shit for that for his whole fucking life, but... Yeah. Uh, Ian McGill says good is Glasgow signings this year. We've had some duds in recent seasons. We've failed to stay fit, fit in or show form. And in recent games against Exeter in particular, Tui Pilotu, Mackay and Dempsey have been outstanding. Yeah, he was, and Dodge as well was very good, wasn't he, this, shit this week? real good. Uh, Harley Worthy gets in touch. He says good is the wife and I are moving into our first home this weekend. Congratulations. Congratulations. You've already got married, which is one big move, and now you're getting yeah. house together, which is which is Lovely not stuff. easily done these days for people of a certain age, I understand. So he said, he said shit though, he's not been able to watch any rugby because BT won't be set up until tomorrow. Surely you've got unlimited data these days. Who hasn't got limited data no, these days? Come no, on, no, you sort yourself out. Let's be real. Who has, who has used a lot of their data in the last two years? You must have a lot there. Yeah, indeed. I've got unlimited with three and also Rome, which they completely shit all over now, haven't they? Yeah. Well, the only Not that I'm going was, anywhere, obviously. The only reason that I was with three was that they would let me use my phone as, as at home in America, and now they're going to fucking get rid of that so they can get to fuck. 
Speaking of travelling, obviously I'm supposed to go to the Sevens in Seville, flying out oh, 20th, yeah. 28th of January. That ain't fucking happening, is it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you've got a month. <laughs> yeah, I've got a month just to get to right up to 200,000 cases a day and everyone lock it. The France has already locked us out. There's no way Spain ain't going to do it. Yeah. Especially in the off-season. At least he might go. He still goes to the Canary Islands, but everyone else is fucking staying home. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not going to that, are you? That's a pity. No, I'm not. You know what? To be honest, I can live with not going, but I've done that thing where I booked my flights with Ryanair. I've done oh, an Airbnb, be, not an Airbnb. I've done a booking.com. And then, even worse than that, I've paid for tickets directly through fucking Spanish Rail. So oh. I'm, I'm trying to negotiate moving Spanish those Rail refund system. in Spanish. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. It's not going to be good. So we'll no. see. My Spanish is, you know, rusty. <laughs> I got. I haven't said this on the podcast before, but I got like randomly. You you're aware of this, but I got randomly nominated for a um a Catalan writing award run by the Catalan Tourism Authority for something I wrote about a man who went up a mountain and played a guitar last year. Um, and the writer was like, "Oh, you've been nominated for this thing. You just got to fill out this form." Um. And you could win a prize, and it's like it's like two grand or something. And I was like, "Fuck, I yeah, all right, whatever." <laughs> so you I had went me on... at two grand. <laughs> you had me at two grand. And and I looked, and it was like it wasn't a big field, but like genuinely, I spent an hour and a half trying to navigate the Catalan Tourist Board's Catalan website to download a form that then required a Catalan state ID to sign into. To download it, and I was in the end. I just emailed him. I was like, "I'm really sorry, mate. I'm not going to enter this thing because, as much as I would like to win it, I genuinely just I don't even know where to start to think about. Like, I've got a l- tiny bit of Spanish. I've got absolutely no fucking Catalan whatsoever, and because it's Catalan, obviously, uh, none of it was in English or Spanish. So yeah, it was yeah, and so I just gave up. And therein lies why you should raise your children to be multilingual. I think. I uh, we went to Bilbao a few years ago, and we went, mm. we stayed in a youth. I thought the kids were about fourteen and twelve, and we stayed mm. in a youth hostel in Bilbao for a couple of nights. And it was like it'll be nice show the kids what it's like, so that when they're old enough, they'll know what it's like. And we went there, and I I thought I'll be fine. I've done it years ago, but I'll be fine. Well, it's like this is fucking terrible. It smells like boys, <laughs> and I'm having to share a bathroom. And yeah, I'm fucking way too old for this shit. We stayed for one night. We were meant to be there for another two, and um, I said, "Right, we're going to go and get a nice hotel," which we did. And um, but I said, "Right, I want some money back because and they were booked up to fuck." And he said, "No, this is me and me pigeon Spanish round with this guy on on reception." No, no, we don't refund. I said, "Look, you're very full. It's very, it's you know, esta much." Está mucho ocupado, etc. You know, be reasonable. Yeah. And um, and in the and in the end, I literally said, I literally said, right. I just, I just went right. Quiero hablar a el jefe. I want to speak to the boss. Yeah. I literally became that guy. At which point, he kind of just looked at me with an evil look, picked the phone up, natted away in Spanish, and gave me some money back. So yeah, so maybe just shout that if you're next in Spain. Absolutely. Maybe with a better accent than mine. <laughs> maybe if I typed Kiara Hebla Hefe into the little fucking thing that was asking me for a Catalan <laughs> yeah. fucking Kiara card. Yeah. El Hefe. Which I think is probably wrong. I can't remember. I'll see. Yeah, I I can't anyway, yeah. it got the message across. 
and he was a fucking white man with dreadlocks anyway. Of which, by the way, there are far too many in Bilbao. Far, Let me tell you this. Many. There's far, far too many, many in the world. There's far too yeah. many in the world. You had me at far too many, yeah. <laughs> Where it, was he up to then? Uh, I can't remember. Sorry, carry on. Finish that point and we'll move on. I know. I, I was talking about my shitty... I think I totally took us off on a weird tangent about... <laughs> but you were talking about not going to the sevens, so... So, unfortunately, think... you won't be winning two grand. So yeah, so I'm not winning two grand, and I I'm fine with it because but that's how much I couldn't be bothered to learn how to speak basic conversational Catalan, even with a, an offer of cash prize at the end of it. <laughs> I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I've seen a bit of Catalan. Obviously, a lot of it's just replacing D's with T's in Spanish. They won't yes. like me saying that, but it is. So instead of general, so instead <laughs> of like general T's, generalidad, it's generalitat and things like that. But a lot of it is very different. But yeah. Quite. Anyway, so where was that? Yeah. So Stu Clark says, "Good." Is Josh McKay's handoff on Slade sending him straight to the shadow realm? For that was really fucking funny. That was really fucking funny. And it did look like you could be pushed into the shadow realm because of that big white glow. Yeah, was there was an entire, there was a very real chance that he would have entirely disappeared if he'd gone down to <laughs> straight into a portal to another. Uh, yes, into the upside down. Um. <laughs> Dave Joseph here gets in touch. Oh, Dave, he says, good is being on the beach in December in Lanzarote, fair dues, with a lad in a rather fetching Toulouse shirt. I mean, are you talking about me? Have you had a long weekend and not told me? Um, He says, however, shit is my French, only extends to saying rugby players' names in an overly French mock Eddie Butler accent. (laughs) I was going to say the Eddie Butler approach. Ask to speak to his boss in Spanish, see if that works. Francis Woodifield says, good is Dan Fish, Dan Fish, Dan Fish, Dan Fish. I mean, it was good to see it. It was funny. Let's and it, was, pretend. It, it was a lovely bit of entertainment, but he's not good. And he no. never has been. He's still Dan Fish. <laughs> yes. But fair play to him. Because, I mean, this other thing. Indeed. It's like, I don't mean funny. I mean, I, I wasn't the fittest when I played, but give me two years off, I would have been fucked. It's the fact they can actually turn out and do a game of rugby is amazing. I mean, look what look what happened to Jason Tovey in like three months of not playing professional rugby. Finally, Hamish Allen says, "Good is after two weeks of nervous waiting, endless paperwork, and testing. We've made it to New York as planned for Christmas." Huzzah. Nice. Oh, However, man, he says, "Yes." Is in the 24 hours since we landed, Brooklyn Nets versus the Wizards is cancelled. The Radio City Christmas show is cancelled. And the rate things are closing, we'll be looking for US gas station cuisine options for Christmas lunch. Also, he says, since I introduced my 14-year-old lad to no sleep till Brooklyn, he's been playing Beastie Boys on a loop. And his iPhone might yet end up in the Hudson. (laughs) Oh, best laid plans, eh, Hamish? Indeed, I still think... New York Christmas is one of those weird, magical, you're-in-a-film things. So enjoy it. Go to cent- They can't fucking close Central Park. Just go yeah. there. They can't. Go to Harlem. Yeah. Maybe. Or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's got to be it, Annie. Surely that's it. Slightly shorter this week, which is a ridiculous thing to say as we're teaching over two hours, but it is slightly shorter than we have done the past couple of weeks. Listen, this is our last one before Christmas. Are we doing next week? We don't know, do we? We'll have to talk about it offline. Yeah, well, we'll make it. But, you know, it's definitely the last one before Christmas. It's definitely the last one before Christmas. We don't know if we're going to be in between, but we'll let you know. 
So obviously, thank you all of you for your incredible support, your ears, your time, your submissions, for still remarkably listening to this after six years. Indeed. Um, have an absolutely glorious um, Christmas, all of you, as best we can with all this waves arms around, all this that's going on. Yeah. But, you know, we'll take what we can. We'll enjoy what we can. Yeah. Whatever Christmas you have, make it a good one. Make it a fun one. Yeah. And, you know, look after the, each other. And may the worst of your tomorrows be the best of your yesterdays, everybody. Indeed. Take care. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye-bye. Take care. Merry Christmas to you, Josh, as well, by the Merry way. Merry Christmas to you, Lee. Yeah, Thank you very much one. indeed. Speak to you yeah. all soon. Goodbye. Bye, Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.